0: Thanks for downloading the South Everett Foursquare podcast. This is Pastor Chris Pepler, and you've joined us for the 2023 State of the Church Address. This morning, we'll look back on the year that was in 2022, giving thanks to God for His faithfulness and for His provision. You can find us every Sunday morning at the Village on Casino Road, or visit us on our website, southeverett.org. Thanks again for downloading. Enjoy today's podcast.
1: Good morning, church. Good morning, Good morning Vanessa. Vanessa i want to welcome you guys to the house of the lord we're going to stand up and worship our lord this morning and psalm 63 verse 3 to 5 say your constant love is better than life itself and so i will praise you i will give you thanks as long as i live i will raise my hands to you in prayer my soul will feast and be satisfied and i will sing glad songs of praise to you Last week, the Lord reminded me it's about progression and not perfection. So I wanted to continue in that sense of worship and grace towards the Lord, giving praise to Him, to the one that's worthy, the King that gave His life for you and for me. And He's so good to us, and that is why He is worthy. His compassion, His compassionate love, it endures, even when we really don't deserve it. So we're going to sing about his faithfulness and we're going to sing to the king that is worthy of our praise.
2: to the Lamb, honor and glory.
0: time of celebration. I think, Zach, I'm going to have you throw our first slide up there. We're just going to celebrate the goodness of God in us and through us in 2022. So um, this is just a snapshot of some of the things that make this family a family in 2022. Isn't that fun? You begin to see life happen together as we spend time with one another. This was a week of incredible Gratitude for me and also angst because I really want to keep you here till 5 o'clock and tell you all the stories Uh, But there isn't time to do that And so I've had to become very disciplined today and just deciding that I'm going to share a few with you And then our friends Connie and McKenna have come uh, From our Mill Creek Foursquare family to give a financial report because that's also important to do Just to know how this church stewards the better part of $150,000 a year so that this becomes a reality, right? We're going to talk about money and finances because that's good stewardship. But under all of those discussions about numbers are people. And if the numbers don't lead us to better relationship with each other, then we're not stewarding the numbers the way God has called us to do it. Mm -hmm. Because this is not primarily a resource thing, right? It has to be made up of resource, but it is a relationship thing. That's what makes... God's kingdom move Because he owns the cattle on a thousand hills So resource is nothing to him We got to pay attention to it But it really is about relationship Amen This is about relationship The stuff that we do together The goal for us as the body of Christ Is to grow up The goal of God for us is to Grow us up until we Look like Jesus For his sake In the world We've spent the last four weeks talking about the gifts of the spirit and the goal of God for his church is to grow us up until we look like him for his sake in the world. As we humble ourselves and submit ourselves to the purposes of Jesus, the gifts of the spirit come alive in us and his church is built up. That's what we're doing here. We're we're a part of the, the building that he is doing In my addicted brain, I sometimes get to the place where I'm thinking that this is about me building his kingdom. Does anyone ever feel that way? I'm going to go out and build a kingdom for Jesus today. Noble effort, by the way. Nothing wrong with that. Great motivation. That's a great motivation, but I have to stop and remember that I'm not the one doing the building. I'm the one being built to represent him. And I can only do that from a place of abiding rest. But he has created us in this season uniquely and in every season of the life of this church. This fellowship, this gathered people have been created to do something more unique than 10,000 other expressions of God's family. Because he has a call for us. And we get to live freely in that call as he has set forth for us to do. These are the New Testament realities. We spent the last four weeks talking about the gifts of the Spirit that were poured out at Pentecost. And how to function in those gifts. And thank you, Jay, for all of your contributions over the last few weeks, breaking down some complicated passages in Romans 12 and Ephesians 4 and 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. But it's just for the building up of his people and love is at the center of it. That's a New Testament work, but it's also alive for us in the Old Testament. Because there were temples in the Old Testament, too. We know that we have become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Kids, you ever think about that? You ever heard that passage of Scripture, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit? It just means that we're the place where God lives. Because in the Old Testament, God lived in multiple places. They tried to keep God in a box. He walked around, got carried around in a box in the Old Testament, we got a picture of the box, the Ark of the Covenant. Does anyone know what got carried around? There was three specific items that got carried around in the box. Addie, tell us one. Uh, the, the staff that showed that Aaron was the high priest. There you go. The, the staff that showed that Aaron was the high priest, that was one. Yeah, Zach, what's Ten another one? The Ten Commandments. What were they on? Uh, ta- stone tablets. How many? Two. two. Okay, so we have two heavy stone tablets. We got a staff that Aaron carried as a representation of his role as a high priest and was manna, some food, right? If we're going to go out, we got to carry these things around with us. Uh, so this ark, the Lord said, prepare a place for me in the desert. And so this box got carried around in the desert for 40 years, carrying representations of God's faithfulness. The staff, the guidelines, and the Ten Commandments, and the manna, the substance that came from heaven. And then the ark got marched around Jericho at one point, like knocked a city down. And so that was pretty cool because God's presence was there. Uh, And then the ark made it through a ton of battles as the Israelites resettled in Canaan, the promised land. So God was in this box and generations knew that God lived in the box. And if you held the box wrong, the power and the presence and the might of God could strike you dead. So there's a holiness aspect to God that God is holy and he's set apart. And that box been carried around. So King David decided, you know what? God, is be- God must be tired. He's been on a long road trip. He must be tired. We should build for God a place to settle down. And so this was King David's idea. Let's build him a temple, like an actual temple, a building where God can live. And so David set out to do this. The Lord addressed him and said, that's not for you. You're a warrior. That work is for your son. Solomon will complete the temple. First Chronicles 28, 9, and 10. These were the words of King David to his son Solomon. He says, and you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind for the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire, and every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. That's a promise. Like we sought him this morning. Did we find him this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. These promises are still true, because it's inspired by the same Holy Spirit. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Consider now For the Lord has chosen you to build the house as a sanctuary. Be strong in the work that you do. Why this passage? Why this week? This is the week. This is the state of the church address. This is when we come together and talk about what the Lord is building. I already told you it's really easy for me to think that this is my project. And my name is at the base of the permit. It's not. It's his name. This is his work. This is the work that Jesus has invited us into. But it's his work. My life. Which is now, I am the living temple. God went from the cloud to the box, to the temple, to the flesh, to the spirit, and resides in me. Jerry Cook calls that the radical relocation of God. Remember how it works? From the cloud to the box. From the box to the building. From the building to the flesh in the person of Jesus through the spirit. Now I am the living temple. Guess where the church goes? Everywhere my feet go. How great, how blessed are the feet of those who bring good news. We're just the church walking around. That's why this, by 3 p.m. today, will no longer be the church. This will be the community center at the village. Where will the church be? All over the place. This was the message. God is in us, and he is doing a building work But it's not about the resources that we bring to the table. It's about what he already gives us. And the message 29, this is uh, 1 Chronicles 29, beginning in verse 10. I wanted to read this because it stuck out to me this week about the building process. And it reminds me that this isn't about me. It's about him. In the message, 1 Chronicles 29, beginning in verse 10, it says, David blessed... God in full view of the entire congregation. He blesses God in front of the church. He said, blessed are you, God of Israel, our father. From of old and forever to you, O God, belong the greatness and might, the glory, the victory, the majesty, the splendor. Yes, everything in heaven, everything on earth, the kingdom is all yours. You've raised yourself high over all. Riches and glory come from you. You rule over all. You hold strength and power in the palm of your hand. You build up and strengthen all. And here we are, O God, O God, giving thanks to you, praising your splendid name. Verse 14. But me, who am I? And who are these, my people, that we should presume to be giving something to you? And we do sometimes. We presume to have given God something our best, and we do, but it was never ours to begin with. That's the ruse. The $150,000 you're going to hear about that got stewarded this year, what well, it wasn't ours to begin with. It was always his. Everything comes from you. All we're doing is giving back what we've already been given from your generous hand. As far as you're concerned, we're homeless, shiftless wanderers like our ancestors who carried God around in a box. Our lives, mere shadows, hardly anything us, God, our God, all these materials, these piles of stuff for building a house of worship for you, honoring your holy name. It all came from you. It was yours in the first place. I know, dear God, that you care nothing for the surface. You want us, our true selves. And so I have given from the heart honestly and happily. That is our gift to the Lord. And now see all these things people are doing the same, giving freely, willingly. What a joy. This is the work of his church. Oh God, God of our Father, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, keep this generation, this generous spirit alive forever in these people always, keep their hearts set firmly in you, and give my son Solomon an uncluttered and focused heart so that he can obey. What you have commanded, live by your directions and counsel and carry through with the building, the temple for which I have provided. David then addressed the congregation, bless God, your God, and they did it. Blessed God, the ancestors, the God of their ancestors, and worshiped reverently in the presence of God and the king. So what, So what's the deal? God is actively building his church today. Just like he was in the temple, he's just building with different temples not a brick and mortar church, but people. This is it, we're it, we're the church. Not ornate furniture, tapestries, not gold pieces, but with the gifts of the spirit evidenced by the fruit of the spirit. So the question becomes, as the people of South Everett Foursquare, what are we building with today? This is where it comes together from this month of January in our fast and our study of the gifts. What's he building with? What's the lumber? What's the material? What's the supply? Well, it's the gift of prophecy, of serving, and teaching, and giving, and mercy, and wisdom, and knowledge, and tongues, and the interpretation of tongues, and administration. And how is it demonstrated? How do we see it? We see it through love, and joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. We see the gifts of the Spirit demonstrated by the fruit of the Spirit, and against such things, there's no law. We can build with these tools, because they are of the Spirit, for the building of the church. And as we build together as a part of this local church, in this season, South Everett Foursquare, gathered and scattered today, we build into the greater work of the Big C Church. We're part of a much larger family than this. And heaven's going to reveal it one day. So let's be kind to one another. What we're experiencing in this season together, this group of people... Face it, we didn't, most of us, look around. How many people do you know in this room when the pandemic started? Like, look around. God's always doing something new, but he brings what we have received from him in previous contexts, and he brings it here so we can be a greater expression of expressions of Jesus all over the place. And then what he builds here, we will take from here to go to other places. Because I bet 10 years from now, as it always has been with this church for 28 years, it's going to be a different group of humans. Same Jesus. Same spirit, same church. We're just on a, we're on a mission, and right now, what's cool about right now is that we get to do this together right now in this season. Amen? So let's continue to live together in this season on purpose. As we remember Paul's admonishment to the church in Ephesians chapter 4, that he urges us to live lives worthy of the calling that we have received. That's the admonishment for his church. And so as King David admonished his son in the process of being built up as his church, let's make every effort together to acknowledge God. We did that this morning. We acknowledged his presence. Let's make every effort to serve him wholeheartedly and with a willing mind. What does it mean? The willing mind, that's an important part of what happens as a growing disciple. We have to commit our minds to this work. If you start searching the scriptures, this has been revelation to me over the last couple of years, how concerned the New Testament and the Old Testament authors were about the way that we think. Take every thought captive under Christ. Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is praiseworthy, think about such things. Fix our eyes on Jesus. I look to the mountains. Where does my help come from? There's so much about the way that we think. And the way that we think impacts everything. And so as we think on Christ, so will be our life. So we commit our minds to it. We commit ourselves to the hard work of identifying what he has called us to do. We commit ourselves to say we will bless the Lord when the trials come. We'll bless the Lord when the trials come. We'll keep our eyes fixed on him and we'll endure and we'll be strong and do the work. Amen? Amen? Amen. That's the biblical foundation for state of the church reports because they're about people and they're about money. But if it just becomes about that, if we forget that God is using all of those resources to build his body, we're not thinking right about it. But I do want to take just a few minutes before I invite Connie to come and I'll explain a little bit more about that to just tell you about how we've addressed and responded to the priorities that have been set out by South Everett Foursquare. So more pictures. I'm going to tell you the things that this church is committed to, what the leadership of this church has said. These are the things that we must be doing as a congregation. This is the biggest change. We had all the things that the church was doing, and then we had childrens and youth as one of our priorities, but that just didn't seem sufficient to me because our children and youth were already doing all the other things. And we didn't want a Mickey Mouse ear our youth and our children. That's why we're together. And guess what, intergenerational ministry is fun. Do you remember the Christmas party? Everyone getting together? Do you remember when our youth led communion in Oregon Duck sweatshirts? I mean, for crying out loud, there's grace for everything around here. Do you remember when we spent a weekend together out of camp? We didn't push kids camp this year. We, we hopefully will do that again as we move into new seasons. We didn't push youth camp or men's retreats or women's retreats in 2022. We pushed family camp. And family camp is where this family started coming together. It rained a lot. I woke up on the second morning with three inches of water in my tent. But, you know, it's dry now. So it's all good. It's we had fun. Do you remember Bunko Night? I mean, we sat in here for hours and laughed about a silly game rolling dice. Intergenerational ministry. Intentional Intergenerational ministry is the intentional integration of all generations in mutual service, sharing and in learning, in order to live out being the body of Christ to each other and the greater community on and around Casino Road. That's why. Prayer and worship. Prayer and worship is our life's response to what we recognize to be true about God's character. Our life's response to what we recognize to be true about God's character. This joy-filled and surrender of our lives to Jesus through sacrificial giving of time time, talents, and financial resources. We're committed to that. Yeah. Everything we're committed to, you should be able to take a picture of it. Because if we say we're committed to it and we aren't committed to it, you can't take a picture of it because it didn't happen. That's why pictures are important. Thank God for those who lead us in recognizing the presence of God week after week after week. This is, this is a whole Sunday. Our family wasn't even here when this was going on, but like, these are signs... Uh, blessing our missionaries that we support around the world and that was happening right here that's worship i think about worship on march 13th of 2022 when we were in this room and i had a sermon to preach and we didn't get to it because the spirit of the lord fell and lorraine had a word for the church about the beatitudes and we talked about god lifting our burdens and we just sat together as a people that was a catalytic moment for me that was march 13th 2022 Biblical teaching. We care about biblical teaching. That's the intentional biblical teaching with the expressed intent. This is why. Why do we do this? Building reproducible followers of Jesus through life-on-life interaction, both within and outside of the local church community. We want God's Word to do what it says it will do, which is build us up together. Do you know we had 11 people preach the gospel in this building in this team. I wanna thank those who did that, Jane Candy Knobloch, speaking multiple times, Warren Phillips, bringing the word, Danessa Gonzalez, my father-in-law, Sam Krautwurst, Matt and Heidi Messner, Chris Norby, Mark Einfeld, and Dan McKinnon. Took on the responsibility in 2022 of stewarding the word in front of us on a Sunday. And I just, can we thank them for, for bringing the word? And God's word is rich. We had a number of different study focuses this last year. We talked about hearing God. We continued our way through the Bible project, talking about the latter prophets, the gospels, and the book of Acts. We talked about the seven letters to the churches, the women of Christmas, and the I am statements of Jesus. God's word is so rich we could study it year after year after year and not get to it all. What struck you? What did you learn in our corporate times of teaching? What was something that you took away this year? Think about that. And how might you impart it into the life of another because we know that God's word is living and active through us. Community and care. Next priority. Community and care is the gospel-centered expression of life lived in community. How we do this according to the plan that God set for us? This is realized through genuine hospitality, mutual care, and service for one another. An environment that welcomes people from the fringes and fosters the development of genuine and interdependent relationships. So this church is an aircraft carrier to land people well and to launch people well. The thing I want us to be focusing on is belonging. Because there's people in here that still belong to us that aren't apart. Of what we do anymore because these two got married and moved to Tacoma. But they're still a part of our belonging, right? Olga and her family this time last year were in Russia. And then they were in Dallas. And now they're in Everett. You've always belonged to the body of Christ. We didn't know you a year ago. But we belong to each other. Most intentionally in this season. But there will be seasons where our lives go in different directions, but we still belong to one. This is about belonging. This is about caring for each other. This is about six baptisms on Easter and 26 people going hiking at Cherry Creek. This is about building gingerbread houses and Lauren and Ivan getting married. This is about walking with people in their most intimate moments of pain. This is about showing up for each other when one in our community has been stuck in his home for more than three months and his wife is carried away. And his surgery keeps getting pushed back. February 7th. We landed some people this year for this season. So I want to say it's been almost a year, more than a year now, but the Einfelds we landed, uh, landed in this fellowship in 2022. The Guamfi family. Dan Cates, Patricia Cook, Dennis. Where's Dennis? Dennis. The Lammers in the Toadies. Welcome to those who are most recently with us in the season. We launched some people well this year as well. Helen Ann Covey, who helped found this fellowship. Arlene Harrison, Rich and Amy Titus, Zach Judd and Laura Gonzalez, who are now in Orlando. Heidi Jensen and Peter Duong, who are now in Tacoma. Still belong, but just in different seasons. We gotta land well and we gotta launch well. Local and global missions. This is purposeful engagement with our city, our neighborhood, our nation, and our world to see the hope of Jesus take root through fresh expressions of the gospel. We take seriously our commitment to learning and understanding the most appropriate expressions of the gospel in our community. So that looks like this. It looks like the village. It looks like the youth and the children of this church plan most of our missional engagement. Can we give a hand for the youth and the children? Not just showed up at it, planned it. They planned it. They planned the, the, the warming stations. They planned the carnivals. They built the things. We pulled some weeds. Jim and Nancy showed up at Horizon Elementary on Halloween and passed out candy to people in really sweet masks. I got to take kids in this neighborhood out into the wilderness. We got to just do this together. We care about the place where God has set us. The last one I want to throw up here is vision and development. We understand that without a compelling vision, lives are at stake. That's from the Bible. We humbly assume responsibility for seeking Jesus through his word, prayer, fasting, and the execution of creative and innovative approaches to know the plan God has for us as his followers on Casino Road in South Everett. Vision and development. God has given us something. We have an incredible leadership team. Everything that happens here, most of this happens, would not happen without my wife, without Christiane, without Brenda Norby, without Denessa Gonzalez, without Chris Norby, without Lauren Phillips, without Brian Holmes. These are people that I am in regular contact with throughout the week as we dream and plan and care and steward for this congregation, and we make decisions together. Everything that you're hearing about today in terms of the priorities, The next five weeks, we're gonna talk about our values. The Lord gave that to these people and they have stewarded that well. We're doing some other development things through a tool tool called Unique, which we're getting more and more familiar with, knowing that we have an identity and a calling that is both knowable and nameable. So we get to do that together. Nine people got to do that together, five from our fellowship, three other four-square pastors, and one of the staff of this Connect Casino Road walked through the unique process over the course of six months together in 2022. That's something we want to invite more and more people into, not as some sort of sacred club, uh, but it really is just a discipleship tool to help us figure out what God has called us to do in the season. But I'm just seeing through the tool that God gave us, people find traction in their relationship with Jesus and as their place as disciples as we begin to ask ourselves really challenging questions and move forward with a plan that's actionable. I threw one other picture up here because in terms of vision and development, it wasn't the biggest thing, but it was something that was really important to me. My friend Roger, Roger and I go back 20 plus years and we've been doing a lot of hiking the last couple of years. And as I was posting pictures on social media for hiking, Roger would start liking those pictures and he'd say, these are places I can't go to anymore. So thanks for posting pictures uh, so that I can be there vicariously. And so then at the beginning of 2022, Roger came and said, you know what? Uh, My health is taking a positive turn and now I'm allowed to go out and do some of these things. So I want to climb a mountain with you in 2022. That is my dream is to climb a mountain with you in 2022. So Roger, with nobody watching in the dark of last winter, started walking around his neighborhood with his dog on multiple nights until he could walk three or four miles where previously he couldn't walk a quarter mile. Committed to vision of getting to the top of a mountain in the development process of getting there. Steve and I went out to Haybrook Lookout and we climbed that thing and had coffee at the top. Give a hand for Roger for pushing himself. The Lord can do more in us than we could even ask or imagine when we commit ourselves to a process of development. Being a disciple of Jesus is a participation thing, not an observation thing. And when we push, we find greater outcomes. We're committed to storytelling, which we've been doing. And we're committed to administration, which means that um, it's no small thing, it's a humbling thing to sit in a space and trust God for a vision, to believe that anyone would want to follow and help finance it because that's the reality. Like tithes come in every week and we have budgets to meet and rent to pay and supplies and hot chocolate and the Lord funds that somehow. And so I just want to share with you just for a minute before Connie comes, uh, not everyone, some of you would know this, but not everyone would know this. The, the thing that makes us unique is that we get to be a missional congregation. If we were to be uh, burdened in this season with counting all of our own money and taking care of all the administrative details, we wouldn't get to do most of this stuff because I'd be an number cruncher in the back in some room somewhere and I'd be very miserable about my life. We have been given a gift from God which is the stewardship of our financial resources through Mill Creek Four Square Church. This church was planted on May 7th, 1995 by a pastor named Dave Miller. It's never had a building. It just kind of floated around South Everett for all that time. It's had a few pastors, but by 2015, our district supervisor Dave each had a conversation with the pastor of Mill Creek Forsborn said we have a sacred group of people who are holding it down in South Everett who've been there for a considerable amount of time doing faithful things. Ted and Mary are a part of that crowd. They're actually the last ones who are a part of our fellowship that represent that season of our lives, and we thank God for you. Can we give a hand for you? We love you, and I'll just say thanks for staying. Yeah, you tie us to our history, which is really, really important. And it's hard to be with a church. It's been no one's left but you from when you were here. And that's hard to stay through. But you've done it, and, and you continue to be that gift for us. It was on Chris's heart in 2015 to say, hey, can we go to the sacred group of people and maybe infuse it with a pastor and some resources and some more people and see it begin to flourish again. And so the, the, this is an eight-year new story about South Everett Foursquare and part of that process has been that Mill Creek stewards those resources. But Mill Creek has, has offered to hold that burden with us so that we can do the work that we've been talking about. And so I wanted to invite Connie to come and just spend a little bit of time. Uh, can we thank Connie? Um, <laughs> Connie, has been a part of Mill Creek Corps for a long time. We've just gotten to know each other over the past year, and and Connie's just a delight. We're in communication multiple times a week just about taking care of the stuff. But but Connie, uh, her act of worship is to just do with incredible excellence for not one church but three churches, uh, night in and night out. And while the sun is setting, putting this report together for us last night that we're going to pass out to you. Uh, But she's an incredible steward of resources, and... uh, And a gift to the kingdom. So, thank you.
3: Thank you, you, Chris. It's a delight to be here. I am. I am a big fan. This guy's amazing, is he not? Okay. So, you know, we applaud for everybody else. He has. He has blessed me personally, and I also have to tell you that as he sits on the church council um, for Mill Creek, that also serves as a council for you guys, and he is a representative for you as well as a great contributor from for Mill Creek. His voice comes from a different angle, from more of a missional church, as you refer to it as. And it's just such a joy to have that infusion into our thinking every time we get together. And so I'm very grateful for Chris. So me, I've been doing accounting for 30 plus years. So this is uh, surprising that it really wasn't my plan, but it wound up being my life and it made a good living. And, and then I went to work for the church um which is great i love it it's walking away from corporate america was probably the healthiest thing i've ever done um and working around people who love jesus is so empowering and enriching and delightful i can't tell you and then mckenna just joined us this month and so yeah so there's a lot to learn i've only been i've only been doing this in the church capacity for a little over a year and so i'm still learning and growing in this space as well Nonprofit accounting church accounting is different than regular corporate accounting. And so I'm learning all the nuances and figuring out as I go. So if you have any questions and I can't answer them, McKenna has said that she'll take notes and then I promise I will email out any responses to whatever it is we have. So we're gonna start with this little thing that you have in your hands. So you see at the front that you've got the executive team and the pastors included, and then you have the church council. Now the church council is, uh, has Chris, but the five people there are actual council members that are from Mill Creek Foursquare and they have to be consistent givers. They have to be involved in participating in the church and serving and they've proven their character over time. And they sit for two years up to a maximum of four years on the council and they oversee all of this information for all three churches. So we sit down once a month most of the time, every now and then we have to miss one, but and we go through all of the finances from front to back, and I have to tell them everything that happened. And, uh, and then they make decisions based on the information that we have and God's leading, of course, um, on what we're gonna do and, and what we need to change where we need to change course. They recently approved the budgets for 2023, and so we'll be going over that at, on the back. So for those who are not used to accounting, I'm gonna do just a tiny bit of explanation. The two statements, you have the balance sheet and you have the income statement. Okay, income and expense. The balance sheet is a snapshot of where you stand at a certain specific point in time financially. So that is basically your bank balance. It's the money that you have in the bank. It's anything you owe at that point in time. So this is as of December 31st, 2022. And it goes through and it just tells you where you stand. And so you can see as of the end of 22, you had $157,394 in cash, in your checking account, um, which is very good. That's a healthy space for you guys to be. I'm, I'm very impressed with the way you steward your resources. Um, we have prepaid insurance, which means that we've paid an insurance bill, but we haven't used it all up yet, right? Because we still have more of the year to go. And then below that, you'll see the other half of the balance sheet, which is retained earnings prior to 2022. And what a crazy word, retained earnings, right? Basically, that, what, what that means is it's all the profit from the past. Okay, so every year you have a certain amount of money or lack of money, if you go in the hole that's left over and then you add them all up over time. So that's the 168,000. And then below that you see net income from 2022 and that's a negative. Okay, and, and I want you to know that that's okay because there, was an, there were intentional choices made this year on the church's funds that put us into a negative position. So we spent more than we took in last year, but we had more to spend than we took in last year, and so we made intentional choices for that, and I'll get to that on the next slide. So that kind of gives you, that's your balance sheet. So the way you know a balance sheet is right is total assets and total liabilities and equity are the same number. But if you look at the bottom of that section where it says total cash, cash allocation, what this shows you is what that money is held for. So one of the things that we do is, in order to be responsible with our funds, if you take a look at the first line, it says $35,000 for an emergency reserve. As a council, they decided that they would take three months of your regular operating income and set it aside as a reserve. It's still in the bank account. It's under total cash and allocation right at the bottom there. So we, we've decided that $35,000 of that is pretty much untouchable, right? We're gonna set it aside for like an emergency. It's there as a protection for the salaries for the people that, that, that are on staff, right, for Chris, so that he doesn't all of a sudden one day not have any salary or whatever. So we reserve three months. Below that is missional funds. Now here's something interesting. is Out of your budget and all of the tithing that comes into the church every year, 10% goes to ICFG, which is International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. I can't even begin to fathom all the stuff that the, the international church does, but they're very, very internationally and missions-minded. So we give 10% to them. But because over the last, um, I don't know how long, but over quite some time they have cut down their overhead and the amount that they're doing in the way of uh, administration, they've pushed some of that responsibility down to the local church, they've also decided to take 40% of that money that we give them and they give it back. I don't know why they don't just charge us less, but what they're doing is they're looking for faithful givers, and if we're faithful and consistent givers, they will give 40% back, but with a caveat, and they call it missional funds, and those funds are reserved to be used to support missional work. So you can't use it to run your church. You can't use it to pay your rent, but you can use it to support missionaries or plant a church or do community outreach. So, So those funds are available for that, but they're reserved for that. And then you see in the, uh, the second column, you'll see adult ministry unique and community outreach. And those are what I would refer to as restricted funds. So what happens is, is if you write a check to the church and you put on there benevolence in the little line, believe it or not, we read every single check to see what notes have been put on there. And we make sure they get in the right bucket. And if you put missions or something, that money has to be used for that purpose. So as accounting people, we track all these little buckets of money, and if you say it's going into benevolence, by golly, we're going to make sure that when benevolence activity takes place, that money is used to pay for it. So at the end of the year, those are the amounts that were left in those three buckets, and so I can't, we can't use those monies for anything else. Now, contingency reserves is everything else. So at the end of the year, once we've accounted for all the different buckets and all the different restricted things and we've set up your emergency reserve, the rest of the money is what we put into contingency. This is more money that you can use for other ministry and other things that you need to or choose to do as a church. And that's what that is. And that's a very healthy contingency that you have right now, sitting at, what is it, 104000 Okay, the next slide is the income and expense. That, those are the results of the activity from 2022, so this is everything that happened over the course of 12 months. So you can see at the top that you had total income of 147, almost 148 thousand. Well done. Okay, that's really good. So you know you've got income coming in to support what you're doing, and then as you go down below, you can see the 10% that we gave to International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. It's a mouthful, um, and then the ministry team okay that is chris and brenda and their salaries and benefits and everything else that go into that and i need to point out that that for 2022 and several years prior mill creek was subsidizing part of those funds so we were actually paying part of um i think brenda's salary just to give you guys a little bit of a relief to make sure that you had the funds that you need to keep to, to be healthy um, you have the lease below that, which went up from 10000 to 15000 last year. So that was a bit of a jump. You have administrative... I will
0: say this about that though. Uh, on the good end of things, we pay about $1,300 a month to be here uh, and store stuff here and okay. be around here. And if we were immediately to move this operation to the school up the street, if they're even allowing churches to meet them anymore, it would run us about four dollars to $5,000 a month. So yeah. we're in it real well here.
3: Yeah, you've got a great deal. And then we have administrative expenses, which are just what it takes. I mean, I can go, this is a longer report with all the little buckets underneath it. So if you really want to know, I can go through and break it all out. But it's just the things it takes, insurance and all the different things it takes to do the back end that nobody ever wants to know about except accountants want to make sure that it's just right. Um, And then you have ministry, which you'll notice is the 14,242. And that is what it takes to run the church. So it's all the things that you do together. It's the, the coffee that you supply. It's the meals that you supply. It's the events, a lot of the event work and everything else that you do. So you're, you're putting money in a good space when you're, when you're investing in all the ministry stuff. Yeah, it's, it's youth. It's men's. It's women's. It's all the different, different sections of what you do. And then you have a note that says transferred to restricted for $6,800. That, so I was going to say this at the beginning. The top half is operating income. The bottom half is restricted. So if you look at the top half where it says operating, that's where we just got down and it ended at a negative $1,630. That's considered the operations of the church. The salary, the services, the primary ministry that you do, that's that piece. The restricted is those funds that I mentioned that people give specifically for specific purposes, and that money is more controlled, and that's the bottom half. So if you take a look, you brought in 16, almost $17,000 worth of restricted income for things like unique, that's where the missional 40% being returned to you goes. Um, That's also money that would be for people who who did, like for events, like when you charge for an event and people pay for it. Um, And then the expenses below that, the restricted expenses for missions outreach and designated, that's the 26,000. So you spent a lot, and Chris talked about a lot of the stuff you did. So I was going through and kind of looking at all the different events um, to see. And then you can see at that point, we spent overspent $9,800. And you're like, why are we overspending? And that's what I say anyway as an accountant, right? I'm like, hey, what's going on here? There was a decision taken by the council um, this year to make sure that Chris could go to Turkey and that he could go to Israel in 2023. So those were two decisions based on the, the healthiness of your budget and the contingency funds and everything else that it was decided that we could afford to do those, or you could afford to do those. And that was a decision that was taken, and I'm, I'm sure he will be nothing but enriched by it. I have a feeling you heard some good turkey stories out of that one. You did. Good videos. Yeah. yeah, I did. I saw those. Those are great. So as you get down to the end, you'll see that it was... A negative 11,000, and so what that means is in it, so that you, used, you spent the full amount of the 147 of the giving and about 11,000 out of your contingency from the prior year, but your contingency remains healthy. So as a council, when we discuss this and we go, we go through these every month, we are comfortable that this was, this was not inappropriate spending. Even, I hate seeing a loss, right? So this shows your contingency fund over the years. So the first one that I actually have um, on the, on the four-square books that, that I'm available, is 52, and then you can see it's gone up every year. So in 2021, we had 170, and now we're at 158. And that drop is at 11,000. Okay? So you guys have been a growing, generous congregation. <coughs> Keep up the good work. You're doing good work here. And I can't help but imagine the impact you're having on your community. Okay, so this is, uh, the back page is actually your budget for 2023 as approved by the council so the decision was made that we were um let me back up so when we do the budget we look at everything that you've been doing all the trends what's changed what we need to tackle again it's a, it's reviewed in detail and approved by the council chris and i worked on it pretty extensively he, he put a lot of input in it so I'm, I'm confident that this is a good place to start We decided to leave the tithes flat at 140 in hopes that more comes in, but we usually take a conservative stance on that so that we don't um, assume that a lot more is gonna come in and that way if something horrible happens and and things dip, but in general, we usually see that that's a conservative number and it's higher than that. Um, Merchant fees, you wind up spending about about 1% of your budget on credit card processing. I recommend that if you give online, that you do it through ACH. It costs almost nothing, whereas we pay 2.2% on anything that's done by credit card. And then you can see the extension from International Church of the Court, Gospel extension tie. That's the 10% after the merchant fees are taken out. Then we get to compensation. And so um, Chris encouraged me to be transparent here so you can see what he's making. We did, again, the council had a long talk about this. All of our lead pastors had not had an a pay increase in three years. So they have been very gracious and have never complained once in the time that I have been with the church. And so we gave the pastors a 5% increase this year, which does not even bring them up to to compete with inflation, but at least it takes some of the burn off. So, um, and then of course benefits go up. So the benefits are about $1,500 higher than last year. Um, And so that brings us down to about 111,000 for Chris and Brenda and benefits and other costs associated with having them as your pastors. And then you get to the facilities. Um, the rent has gone up this year from 15000 to sixteen five, And the rest is fairly standard. For leadership, we did put in $2,000 for Chris to go to the convention in Anaheim. So um, this is the 100th anniversary of Foursquare and they're doing uh, the the big annual convention down there and so we're trying to take as many who can go I think all but three from Mill Creek are going and so we want you guys to come. Uh, let's see and then you can kind of see what we've got down for ministry and then he's got at the bottom new signage and some worship equipment and that puts you in as a negative budget of 20000 Okay so we're looking at doing the same thing that we did here in 2022 is potentially having a dip. Now that dip is only of course if you don't make up the budget shortfall, right? I mean, if it turns out that the church grows a bit and you have more in tithing, then you won't have that problem. But I still, uh, we, the council and myself, were still confident that with the contingency that you have, this is the right move to make and that these are things that we just need to do. The budget last year was at 140 for tithing um, and it came down. I wanna say that at the beginning of the year, it probably came down to like a, a zero. We were expecting a net zero. But we went a little bit into the hole because of the decisions to, to send Chris So to the,
0: the, the good thing to look at with that is that it's a sign that we took money out. That $11,000 was not mm-hmm. that we missed our budget. We made our budget. Exactly. And so the health of the church continues to be strong. We just made a choice to spend some of those funds. Exactly. Yeah. And we'll watch, continue to watch that. In the yes. Hope of continued stabilization and, and growth.
3: Anything else? Okay, and on my emails, as it should be at the bottom of your program. If you ever have any questions, or ever, is there anything you ever want to ask about? We are very transparent about everything except what people give. That's we get. You get to keep that confidential amongst yourselves. Um, and that's it.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Can we give a hand to Connie? Thank you. Thank you. It helps to, to be able to say this for you as well. When you're a church that's this size, um, there, you, you grapple with two things. Uh, one, just an anonymity of not wanting to know how much people give, uh, because that's, that's between you and the Lord, uh, but someone has to count it. Uh, and then also to have strong financial stewardship requires that we have a sense of like how distributed are our giving units. Um, is it if somebody got hit by a car is that 70 percent of the church's income or is it distributed across the life of the body which is the healthy expression of the church as Jesus intended it to be um, and so for a season there I was I was there was a season where I had to look at both sets of those numbers so I knew the nickels and dimes of everyone that was giving and I worked that out in my head but that's a hard thing to hold as someone's financial uh you know financial steward and a spiritual steward so i just want you to know we are back into a season where i don't see any of those numbers um i see who gives so i know that i think this year we had 41 giving units so individuals or families making contributions to the body uh but i but i don't know who who gives what in in any of that and so i just want you to know that as well uh, and just to say thank you for, for trusting us. Uh, we, we do want to be open with these books. And it's no small thing, as I said from the beginning, that you would, you would decide with the Lord that this was a ministry and a season that you wanted to contribute to. Uh, my wife and I hold that with, uh, with fear and trembling. So, Lord, thanks for this morning. God, thank you for time to talk about the nitty-gritty, but it's about relationships, and it's about building generations. It's about all those voices of kids down the hall. God, this is what that's for. It's another generation that you would do your work uh, in us and through us, Lord. We just thank you for that. Uh, Father, do with us as you would in this year to come. We trust and believe all of this is from you. It started with you. It ends with you. And we just want to steward it well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Thanks for the extra time, and have a wonderful week.